It's not the main quest, just the side adventure. It's not with the whole gang, just one of them. Not the main quest, just a side adventure. Look, someone had to miss because they had some other stuff to do that day. But this is what you get. You get a one-on-one -on -one session with one of your favorite characters. At least in the top five. Maybe, well, I guess maybe the top six or seven by now, but... Back to the song. Not the main quest, just the side adventure. Sometimes you have to go off on your own. Loudwalkers, side adventure. Why is this still going on? I don't know. What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of Worldwalkers, and this is Hashtag Grela. When last we left Hashtag Grela, they had discovered that one of the dream hunters had come into possession of Greg's child. Now, they desperately make their way to the time-shattered world of Obrimos, hoping to find out exactly what his plans are. Let's listen in and find out what happens next. So this next moment might be particularly perplexing to Layla, who was just given explicit understanding of how this tavern doesn't work. But Greg will not be surprised at all, because Greg is aware of a particular skill that Callion has that is nearly unheard of. Callion, unlike most, can simply walk through the dreams of others. It's how the world walkers found him in the first place. They found him shifting from dream to dream. Now, dream walkers, through their training, have learned to do, you know, simple tricks when it comes to slipping in and out of reflections and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes being able to actually break through the reflections of the dreaming and end up in the waking. Callian mm -hmm. does something completely different. And you watch... As Callion walks to the front of the tavern and he opens the door only to find another door waiting for him. It's one of locks and chains and sigils. This doesn't deter him, however. He grabs the handle and without warning, the chains shatter and the sigils burst. Each of the locks tumble and within a moment, the door is his to open. From there, you watch as he works his way through a variety of doors. Each one has its own story, but it's not the path that he's searching for. Finally, he stops at a door made of intertwining crystal and marble. It shines like a shard of light. And after a moment's study, Callion places his hand upon the surface. The door twists into an opening, and Callion waits for all of you to take your steps. You see two or three people off to the side, and they kind of turn and like, whoa, what is, ah! and then they just fade out. Yeah, they just suddenly like seem to understand it. Like, whoa, this doesn't make sense. Am I dream? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Greg will walk through the door, and Layla will follow. Yep. And so you walk through, and you go from the nice, warm, welcoming, dark ambiance of your favorite tavern, and then you suddenly kind of burst into the sunlight. It takes a moment for your vision to adjust. As you kind of regain your sight, before you stands a city whose architecture rivals 
even that of Mercurius. Buildings of marble accented with crystal rise before you, perfection given form. Above them, elegantly dancing with the skyline, is a massive castle floating freely above the city. Its crystalline structure beautifully shatters all light that passes through it, somehow distributing it across the city like a second sun. The prism effect brings vibrant colors to the entirety of the kingdom. The city, its streets, even the people are embraced with all the colors of life itself. In front of the city is a rhombus, 15 feet tall, that floats like a guardian before the Wallace city. Callion looks very confused. What's wrong? I, I, I walked us into that city. You walked us into it? And he looks at you. Yeah, I did. It didn't let me in. There must be something blocking us then. It is an, uh, a simple solution, the one that I've never encountered. I mean, Kevin did say that the city's made of dreams. Maybe it's a little more complicated getting inside there. I suppose so. He looks a little uncomfortable as he tightens his clothing. Well, it definitely seems like this place is not quite what it seems to be. And knowing that that dream hunter is here, there might be... Mm, definitely be on your guard. I'm kind of nods. So we're, like, in front of the city, like, outside the walls or whatever? Right? Yeah, maybe okay. maybe about 100 feet. But Callion noticeably t- uh, takes a step behind you both. Keeping yourself hidden? A little bit. We'll start walking towards the the gates. Mm-hmm. Are there, like, guards? No there? gates. The oh, city no is gates. completely open. Oh, okay. Uh, along the path, eventually, you'll run into the rhombus, but that's it. So we'll walk towards the rhombus then. Is there like guard people up here or? Just the rhombus. Mm, okay. Yeah. So just kind of <laughs> carefully going up towards it and just okay. keeping an eye for anything weird. Let... Is there other people no. coming here or like anybody around no. even? No. Path is clear. It's just you. Can we see, we can see into the city or not? Sure. You can see people kind of bustling about. And stuff okay. There. I was just people making sure. Elegant right. clothing and. Um, simple premise. All right. So yeah, just approaching the rhombus. So you get within 15, 20 feet and then the rhombus kind of just exudes a voice, uh, calm and welcoming. This is welcome to the city of Torville. What business do you have? We're travelers looking for little hospitality would like to enter your city. You have purpose. Looking for a friend. You have a deeper purpose. Maybe a little more than a friend, but looking for someone <laughs> looking for someone of import to us. Who? His family. And she'll point to Greg. We do not have dwarves here. Well, I mean, I guess he doesn't look like your typical and dwarf. Then, like, exa- the rhombus stops her saying is that came out wrong. It is not to insinuate that the presence of dwarves are no longer welcome here. It is more a factual piece of it. Please do not believe that we would it ever in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no, no, of course is, not. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's, uh, it's just it's so far. Right. No, yeah, no. I mean, he doesn't look like, like, he kind of seems like, uh, so Greg is just like, 
I mean, he doesn't. He he kind of he looks a little weird for a dwarf. I he, he's a little he, he's a, quite a bit taller than I was at his age, and uh, you know his ears are kind of. I mean, they look a little pointier. Um, I mean, kind of like uh, I guess Layla a little bit, but uh, I don't know. He, the, he sounds like an elf. Ah, uh, he couldn't be an elf. I mean, I'm a dwarf, and he's my son. Well, regardless, his his son is is here. We we are of that we are certain. We would like entry to your city. Declined. Why? Because you come in with secrets. You attempt to enter our city without full explanation of your motivation. We are under no obligation to allow you into the city. We are looking for his son. That is a most important part of our quest here, is to find his son. Ah, and now it is a quest. <sighs> well, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that you needed every single detail of what we're doing here. Is... Do you feel better now? You, you know, I just... Greg's just like, Layla, it's okay. It's okay. Look, we're just... I'm here for my boy. Someone's brought him here. Who? And I just... Some guy named... Henline? Henline. Do, do you know this person? Yes. Who... Are they... Do you, are you guys, like, on good terms? Or, like, what's... I don't... Henline has not been within the city limits for quite some time. So they're not here? To the best of our knowledge, no. Like, what, do, what do you mean by quite some time, I guess? How, how long is that? Henline never really felt as if he belonged here. And he put himself in a, a sort of a... Self-imposed exodus. Uh, the, the, how, how, long, how long ago was that about? Perhaps 50 years or more. 50 years? So, yeah, it's definitely been since then that he's had to have come back here as far as we know. Or at least come this direction. Impossible. We accepted his exodus. I, couldn't he have gotten back in, though? It is impossible to enter the city without... Our express allowance. What if he's got, like, new powers or something? Ah, yes. New powers. If there were new powers, then he would most assuredly be allowed in. Well... <sighs> there would be nothing we could do to stop him if he had new powers. Well... <laughs> look, you guys are, like, made of, uh... From what I've heard, you guys are, like, made of dreams, right? All are made of dreams. What, what do you mean, all? Like, all you guys? All. Why, I'm not made of dreams. Oh, I see. I mean, I've, I've been to the dreams. I can go to the dreams, but I'm... I'm like a person from, like, not the dreams. But you guys are from the dreams. So, I assume, do you guys know about, uh, like, the nightmares? The nightmares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 
like the inky black terrible creatures trying to like destroy all of happiness and whatnot. Short of careless scribes, we do not know what you are talking about. Okay, well, there's a possibility <laughs> that <laughs> that the Henline guy has been Henline taken. Henline has been banished. Right, but there's a possibility that he's been taken or maybe just in cahoots with these nightmares, and they're sort of... Uh, it would not matter. Henline has been banished after his threats to the kingdom. Wait, he threatened you guys? I thought you just said he left. Well, first one, then the other. Oh, well, what did he threaten to do? He threatened to exile us from the dreaming itself. He was going to keep you guys out of the dreaming? Henline is what is known as one of the dreamless. He himself cannot dream. He had no place in our society, though we allowed him some sort of comfort in existence, despite his flaws. He could not accept the kindness that we bestowed upon him, and so threats and self-imposed exodus, which we accepted. So, well, based on that, it sounds like maybe he is in cahoots with the nightmares, and that's kind of more worrisome than... Kalyan speaks up. He's like, hey, can we just talk to someone in charge? Like, can we talk to, like, kings or queens or, like, nobles or, like, the house of fill-in-the-blank? Just something besides... Crystal thing. <clears throat> Kalyan steps back. <laughs> Locks himself back up. No, you would not be able to speak to the nobles for they are preparing. But all preparing for what? For the grand ceremony. Oh, what's what's the ceremony for? It is a ceremony <laughs> to celebrate the first parting. What's what's parting from what? The first of our kind transitioning, becoming part of the dreaming, leaving behind the art and the inspiration is the very origin of expression on the world of Obrimos. It's a celebration of their their choices and their sacrifice. We celebrate it once every 100 years. All of the nobles, all royalty is indisposed as we prepare for this. Even now, then he stops talking. Like he, he's like he's getting ready to say something else and he's like, mm-hmm. Even now, what? They're, they're getting ready? Uh, I mean, we're very interested in dreams and things. We, we're actually a little bit like experts on dreamings. Uh, it'd be really great if we could maybe watch this or, I don't know, somehow be a part of it or... As said, I mean, like, he's like, you can feel a little bit of like, oh my gosh, this, these people. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like, all of the nobles are busy at the moment. Even Lady Eurista is traveling for diplomatic reasons to the kingdom of Calthanos. As you can see, no one is available to take your call. Okay, well, we look, we just need to get in here and look for at least my son, even if you say the Henline guy's not here. It looked like he was taking him here, so I, I have to at least check, please. I'm just a desperate father. Try to find my son. Have you decided not to accept my decision? 
our decision. I'm just begging you. Go ahead and roll a uh, wisdom save. Cool. Twelve. Greg, you can't believe how tired you are. Oh, I mean, it's just... Oh, this is really... Then Greg lays down and takes a nap. I wish to be a black person. Greg is gone. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done to him? You forcibly put him to sleep. Fine. Just hand line elsewhere. She'll try to pick him up. She has eight strength. Oh, he's gone gone? Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, God. Where is Greg? What have you done with him? Well, he said that he was a dreamer. Someone who goes into the dreaming. And so, as he drifted off to sleep, I simply allowed him to walk back where he came from. Which is what I suggest the rest of you do. Callian grabs you by the wrist and starts to walk away. She's just, like, furious and walks with him. He's probably back at the tavern. Let me go get him. All right. All right. And so you guys cross right into the tree line. And then Callian um, pulls out a small little tankard, takes a swig, and then tucks himself underneath a tree and he's gone. There's a little bit of light, a reflection from something on the ground. Mm -hmm. It's a small mirror. And you watch as suddenly... Greg walks out, and so does Callian. Oh. And then Callian picks the mirror back up, puts it in his pocket. Oh, you're back already. That was quick, at least. And Callian says, we all pretty much think the same thing, right? What's that? This guy's exiled, and there's a big celebration. Yeah, he's going to try to take it or do something with this ritual they're doing, I'm guessing. So what's the play? He looks at the two of you. We have to find where he is. Otherwise, we have to somehow get in there and keep an eye for where he might come in. But obviously, they're not going to let us in yet. It's very, I mean, there's. It's, I suppose it's possible he could have gotten in without them knowing, but it seems unlikely. I say we try to, maybe if we try to go around a bit, scope out if there's anywhere that perhaps he could be hiding. That or find if there's another way in. I mean, there was the rhombus there. If there's another one. Or another place to... There was the rhombus there. Maybe there's another one or maybe another place we could get in. Let's let's try to get in the city from another angle, maybe. Callian seems a little... Like, it's like he's... he's, He kind of thinks for a second. He goes, do you sure that's the right play? I'm not certain of it, no. I don't think... I don't know how we get in there without permission. I guess we can try again. I just don't know. I'm just going to anger them more. <sighs> All right, let's try. I mean, he puts his hand up. We got another option. That other noble. That lady, Eurista? Yeah. Did you say Calthanos? Cal- is that where he said she was going? Calthanos, yeah. Do you know where that is? I can get us there. Yes, let's try that. That's a good idea. Because, I mean, if we can convince her... They couldn't refuse us, then. Whoa. Well, they wouldn't, I would think, at least. It's getting a little dark, but... <laughs> well, I didn't mean it darkly, I just meant it. I don't have a lot of this stuff left, and he patched the little tankard he has with him. Oh, we gotta go back there to do that? I mean, 
for my money, it's a lot faster to walk through the dreaming than here. That's true. Just letting you know, I don't have a lot. Or at least I won't have a lot with all three of us. So we should play this smart, but I think right now it's a smart play to use it now and get as fast as possible. Agreed. We don't have a lot of time. Didn't sound like that ceremony is soon. All right. Tosses it over to Greg. Don't be a lush. All right. And he'll take a little, as much as he knows he needs to, like a sip or whatever it is. Yep. It's the green dream. Yep. Yep. You've had it before. Yep. You're out. <laughs> Layla? She'll take a little bit. She had it once before, too. Yep. She's out. You find yourselves once again outside the tavern before you have a chance to check your doors and get all... He's Callian's there already. He goes, nope, 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 nope. Pushes right past you guys. Starts flipping through doors until he finds one that seems to be made of really thick, knotted bark. And then there are these vines that kind of stretch around it. Almost like the closer he gets to it, the more they come around. And he looks disappointed and he says, "I we're going to go in here, but we're not getting into Kalthanos uh, either. I'm on the outside of it again. Yeah, same warding. <sighs> All right, I'm going to do my best this time. He throws the door open and walks in. He doesn't even wait for you. Mm-hmm, go in. <laughs> All right. And then suddenly the sounds of nature envelop you as you find yourselves within a beautiful forest. It's sharp browns and luscious green uh, canopies all over. Mm, this is nice. In just a moment, Layla's back somewhere a little bit more familiar. Yeah. She just kind of takes a little, kind of closes her eyes and listens to the nature for a moment. All right. Where is this Calthanus? Well, to be honest with you, he says, I didn't take you to Calthanus. And he points ahead. He was like, I took us to Lady Eurista. Not far from here, you can see a wagon making its way to the forest. There's no mistaking who it must belong to. The wagon is of a spacious design large enough for a collection of nobles or one particularly privileged member of their ranks. Draped across each side is a tapestry bearing the same rhombus-shaped crystal you spoke to moments ago. Crystals lace the bottom of the wagon, allowing it to float above the uneven forest floor. Pulling the wagon is a small series of crystalline spheres, each one tethered to the front of the wagon. No one seems to be giving them direction, which might explain why the wagon has no awareness of what lies ahead. Emerging from the shadows of the forest are cumbersome creatures that slowly rise above the height of the wagon. Each of these creatures has the bulk of a bear, but as the light seems to peel back the edges of their silhouettes, you find the definition of feathers. As the first of the creatures brings its claws to bear, you watch as the shadows drip off of the creature like ink. As each of the creature's forms gives room for another head, you realize that you are not watching creatures emerge from the darkness of the woods. Instead, you are watching as three nightmares have taken something from the forest, become it, and are about to strike. 
Initiative. So, Layla. Um, so Layla will, uh, I didn't realize it had such a big range. I guess then how, there's how many creatures you said? Two, three, three. Yeah, they are, like I said, they're huge, massive creatures. They have, the, the, the edge of their shadowy, inky-like substance is feathers. Each one of them with two heads. Okay, so, yeah, so she just, like, cries out to the caravan, and then as she's, as she's, she's, um, as she starts to run, she'll, like, use her, her, uh, staff as, like, a walking stick almost, and slams it into the ground, and you just see that burst of moonlight. I don't know if it's daytime or... It's daytime. Nighttime, right now, it's daytime, but you just see, like, yeah, like, this burst of moonlight, like, white, silvery light just crashes down onto one of the creatures, and as she's running, she just slowly morphs into that dire wolf that's just taking off with the move speed of 50 feet. So she gets about halfway there then. <laughs> um, and it's a... Uh, and her dire wolf is just like kind of like a shaggier, dark, brownish, almost black, but not quite fur. And um, yeah, she just starts taking off towards the creatures. All right. Do I have a saving throw or anything? It is, I believe they have the con save. All right. I rolled a 17. So it's 10. So they take five radiant damage. And so you watch as Kalyan takes off as fast as he can. He can't he can't completely clear the distance, but he's charging for, uh, forward as, as fast as possible. After that, Greg. So uh, Greg will move 40 feet and then run 40 feet. Yeah, and then he'll spend a key point to step of the wind another 40 <laughs> feet to kind of like get in between a little bit. So he just takes off running as he's known to do <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. So, yeah, he books it through the forest and you watch as the these nightmarish beasts rush forward. And even though Greg's in the way, they have no intention of attacking Greg. They run right by him. So do I get an opportunity then? You get opportunity on one of them. Yep. Okay, that's, uh, I believe it's a 19 to hit. Yep. Seven damage, and I just want to see, can I do it? I might, I want to see if I'm able to do it. When I hit with a melee, yeah, so I'm going to try to make it a stunning strike. So I'm going to spend nice. a key point and then uh, con save. Let's see if we get lucky. So what does it look like when he's successfully stunning strikes? So that is a success. So, okay, so, um, Okay, then maybe he just like kind of like punches it right kind of like in the stomach just hard enough that it like kind of stops in its tracks then. All right, so yeah, it's a successful strike. You watch as this creature oh, kind of keels over and almost threatens to collapse on top of him as, it, as what? it's there, it's stuck. Uh, Greg is surrounded by darkness. <laughs> but the other two, again, they have, they do not care. They're not here for you. In previous encounters, the nightmares have always been just absolutely ready to tear apart whatever gets in their way. These nightmares, whatever these things are, they're different. 
and they seem to have an idea of what they're going to do. As the two of them rush forward, you watch as they rush past Greg, even though Greg's able to hold the line on one of them. The other two rush past, rise up, and then begin to just let themselves almost crash in the wagon, dig their claws in, and nearly split it in half. It is hanging on by a thread. You can hear screams from inside. New round, Layla. She'll move the moonbeam towards it to be on top of one of them. And then she'll just get up on uh, that same one and just be there right next to it. Yep, so the moonbeam races across the ground, settles in on this, uh, this new nightmare. And with you closing ranks, it is Kalyan's turn. And he rushes forward. Uh, he teams up with you, so he sees what you're about to do, and he races along the side, and then he runs, and he jumps, and he jumps off the side of the wagon so that he lands on the other side of the creature, and he's low, and he brings those unique um, dagger-like weapons out again and is ready to unleash the moment that he has an opening. After that, we've got Greg. Greg's just like, no, you don't. And he's going to start wailing into this one on in front of him. Just crashing right into him. Yep, let's see. Yeah, so. I got two. Um, I'm just looking at this. Right, yeah, I got two attacks. Okay, so y'all make two attacks against this one. And it's stunned, so I get advantage. Yep. At the end of my turn. Whoop, whoop. You missed D&D. I did. <laughs> Okay, so that's a 21 to hit. Nine damage then. Second attack is ugh, 14. Man, that was shit. That's a hit too. Oh, really? Thank God. These massive bulky creatures are not dodging your attacks very easily. Good. Ooh, that's max damage. That's 10 damage. Yeah, and then I'm gonna, um, I'll just flurry of blows then. Two more attacks still at advantage. There we go, 23 to hit. So that's eight damage to it. And then for the last attack, uh, that's a 20 to hit then. And that's another nine damage. All right, so sell me on this. Like you just unleashed on this creature. What what, what did it look like? Um. So he just like gets kind of- He's like, Greg is tucked underneath. He's tucked underneath this, this massive beast that's about to fall and Instead of clearing the way, he decided to go all out. So, like, what is it? What 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 is what is Greg's uh? What does it look like when Greg fights like this? He gets back into like he kind of like instinctively goes back into like his tavern brawler days, and he just <laughs> he just starts getting into like that that like kind of boxing almost uh type stance and just starts like nice. since since he's already kind of in its torso-y central area, he's just kind of going right into the center oh. of the chest there and just kind of uppercutting several times and just, yeah, getting up in there on it. Alright, yeah, it's teetering. It can barely stand, uh, it can barely hold its own weight. Meanwhile, one of the other uh, creatures, the one you've been kind of dealing with, it kind of stands up and then you can, that beam crashes into it and it must have thrown it off because it can barely get its claws to finish the wagon off, so the wagon holds uh, but then it swings again and it's able to crash its claws into the wood, split it in half, oh, shit. and then it pulls back and its heads 
twist and almost completely rotate as it drives itself no. into the wagon but comes back with nothing. But that wagon is shattered and you can hear people screaming inside. Uh, but you also hear blades being brandished. The next one is finally free of your stun. It's, it's, it's able to get its bearings uh, from Greg. And so, yeah, it's going to attempt to grapple Greg. All right, 25. Oh, all right, I gotta roll good for this time. All right, we're gonna roll my big boy die, big wooden die. Oh, oh man, that's, oh, 25, oh, it's a 24, fuck me, that's oh. so close. I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll, I'm gonna try to do my lucky, because I just remembered I have luck points. Man, that's a 17 too, like I rolled good, like it's good roll. Oh, that was so good, all right, I'll roll, which one do I wanna roll? I'll roll the other big one, come on, come on, come on, 18 or higher, fuck me, nope. Man, 24, that's, that's, god damn it. Yep. God damn so it. So he, it wraps you up. And then it begins to walk away with you. Ah! It moves. At, when you grapple someone and walk, it's half speed. So you watch as you can feel this almost like you're, you're almost being enveloped by the nightmare itself. But instead of falling into some kind of abyss, you find yourself being dragged away from the battle. Again, they seem to. It's a, such a different fight than before. It has no intention of simply battling you like before. They have an agenda. Yeah, yeah. And then the last one, uh, you watch as it uh, takes its claws and its heads no. and it dives into the wagon. And we'll see no. You hear weapons that are drawn. You hear like, uh, you hear people scream and then you hear And then the wagon collapses. Shit. And you see that there, <laughs> there were four guardsmen. There are now two. And then there is, who must be Lady Eurista, um, large, kind of beautiful, full hair. She has this kind of a beautiful kind of almond skin. And she's she's dressed for diplomatic uh, reasons, obviously. She has kind of a, a flowing gown. Um, with accents of almost like tabard-like material. Um, but at the moment, all she can think about is trying to run. And it is a new round. Layla. <sighs> okay. I'll, um, she'll, she'll try to attack the one that's, that her and Callion are both going yeah. for. So that's a 22 to hit then. That's 2d6 3. 8 damage to that one. Um, and then it has to make a strength save. 11. It has to be knocked prone then. Woo! Alright. Okay. So tell me what happens. So then she, basically she like bites into it and as she's biting into it maybe she's like kind of biting down lower towards like its legs and trying to like rip its legs out from under under it. Yeah. And then it just kind of falls flat onto its back. Yep. Crashes to the ground on its back. And then um, she'll try to, while it's down, then she's going to try to like get in between the lady and then the other one that's still standing. So it takes one sloppy swing at you and you kind of pull back 
and then you take off and run underneath the wagon, which is still suspended, even though it's pretty shattered, it's suspended by those floating crystals. So you don't have to make your way around as the wolf, you tuck underneath, and then, yeah, you're, uh, yeah, paw to claw with them. Yeah, so just try to position that way that thing can't go go towards the lady without going past her. After that, Callian. Callian sees uh, Greg being carried away and then effortlessly uh, drops those weapons while reaching underneath his cloak and pulling out what looks to be a collapsible bow. It kind of springs to life. He's already firing off shots. So two quick shots in the back of the neck and the beast falls over and you watch as that dark, familiar, inky substance. It seeps down and it meets with the shadows of the blades of the grass and the trees. And before you know it, it's gone. And it's just this twisted, misshapen owl bear mm-hmm. whose head, even though there's only one of them, doesn't really sit right on its body anymore. Ugh. And then Callion turns, fires off two more arrows. One of which uh, hits directly in the chest of the creature. It's Greg's turn. So he will uh, get within distance then to be up on, because it looks like Layla's got the one, so he'll go for the one that's on the ground and he'll wail into that one. So, and it's prone, so it gets advantage if they're prone, right? All right, so this creature's defenseless. Uh, Greg is able to take off, catch up. And so tell me what it looks like as he runs forward and uh, attacks. Oh, as he's running forward and attacking, this is, uh, he's going for like a jump and then like an elbow down into it. So that's a, (laughs) that's a 22 to hit. And then that's eight damage to it. All right. For the first attack. And then the second attack is a 24 to hit. That's a nine damage. Still, still kicking. Yeah. And then I guess he'll just try to finish this one off if he can. So he'll he'll flurry of blows and uh, yeah, so he'll flurry of blows it. 18 to hit, that's six damage. And then uh, 21 to hit, haha, <laughs> max damage on that one. So that's 10 damage then, 10 more. All right, so it's, it's laying there and it's, it's taken an awful beating. It seems like you've almost like maybe like broken what it would constitute as bones in its body, mm-hmm. but it's still there. And then it turns and it looks at you and the two heads twist and turn. And one of them reaches forward, vulnerable and scared. And it says, daddy? Ah. So the one that you're next to, that you're hoping will focus on you, that you need to focus on you, <laughs> instead climbs on top of the wagon. It's leaving your uh, area. All right, you're gonna try to attack it then. Okay, 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 that's a 22 to hit. So that's nine damage to it. So you desperately try to hold it in place and knock it over, but it gets up there and you're kind of too low to the ground to see what it's doing. But Greg can see, since there's so many calories on the field, and (laughs) (laughs) you watch as it picks her up 
and then holds her high into the uh, sky. And it's Layla's turn. Could I potentially uh, try to jump up and like grab her out of it? Try to at least. You can aid. Oh, give her. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Then to try to help her, I guess. All right. Yeah. So you're going to try to assist her. All right. Kalyan. You watch as Kalyan lines up a shot. Like it just takes half a second. And critical hit. Um, so he fires and it gets close to his neck. This creature um, kind of like pulls back and is is not dead, but he doesn't look too good. So Kalyan takes his next shot. Once again, with impeccable aim, two, two, two quick shots. And this creature staggers back, but is still there. It's Greg's turn. Greg's gonna leave the one that's on that's in the moonbeam because he's trying to help the lady, and uh, he'll try to, yeah, go attack the one that's trying to hold the lady up. All right, what's it look like? What's he doing? Like the, the creature's up on the wagon. It's holding her above. He's looking up at her with its two heads, and then Greg. Yeah, so I'm like, he's like running and then he's just like jumping, kind of like maybe almost like a tackle headbutt almost oh, kind nice. of thing he's going for. All right, go for it. It's a 14. It's a, it's a 14. It's a hit. Ooh, ooh, eight damage. And, you know, we're just going to try to make that one a stunning strike. So the oh. con save. Mm, 19. Damn, damn. All right, yeah. second attack. Second attack. So he rushes up there. The giant headbutt tries to kill him over. Such, yeah, this is such a good hit, though. It's a 25 to hit. Another eight damage. It nearly collapses under this blow. Then, fuck it. He's he's just going to wail into it some more. Then he sees it's coming close. Then he's just like, keeps going. Um, Fuck, I'm going to summon a lucky point. That's better. It's a 17 then instead. And that's nine damage. And boom, you collapse it. It keels over. I need you to make a dexterity save. All right, 17. 17. You're able to catch Lady Arista as she falls. <laughs> he just like kind of like jumps out and does like the, he puts his arms out to try to grab her. Or he was like, ah! Yeah, so you've got her. And then that last owl bear stands up. In the moonbeam? In the moonbeam. Roll to five. Woo-hoo. So your battle to That's lose. That's a full, full 17 damage then. Um, and that, that beam kind of bursts forth and you watch as all of that nightmarish ink and substance is burned away as the shattered, twisted neck of the owlbear falls. Ugh. And Greg's just like holding the lady. Are you all right, miss? <sighs> she looks around. What, pray tell? And then she sees the, her fallen guardsman. And then she oh, just kind of uh, sits down. She's using her hands, her arms to hold herself up as she begins to sob. Oh, it's, it's okay. And he'll try to like give her like a half hug kind of patting on the back i'm i'm really sorry really sorry we, we tried to help as much as we you could we saw those things that were there but had honestly been in shock not doing great in their duties <laughs> but 
but also <laughs> having never encountered something like this, to be fair, um, they help her to her feet. She looks around and she says, I don't know who you are, but thank you so, so very much. I am, I am, I, it's all right. Take, take a moment. I am, I am Lady Yurista. Right. So. I have the pleasure of your names. I'm, I'm Greg. Uh, this here, no point to Callion. Mm-hmm. He's already kind of is... covered himself up and. Okay. This is uh, Callion and this here and Layla kind of like walks up and then kind of uh, just sits there regally for a moment and then slowly morphs back into Layla. <laughs> I'm Layla. A druid. A friend. Yes. We are your allies here. We didn't anticipate this encounter, obviously, but I'm glad we were here when we got here. Could have been much worse otherwise. And before you have a chance to finish, arrows fly from all around you. No doubt surrounded. But then you hear an almost cheery voice that says, weapons down. Uh, Greg just like looks awkward. I don't know what to do. Um, Layla kind of rolls her eyes and she'll lay down her. Yeah, Lady Yurista does not seem alarmed at all. Emerging from one of the trees um, from the south is an individual who, they stand around six feet tall, and they have this uh, beautiful kind of a wild uh, foresty brown hair that falls into their face. They have uh, eyes that could only be described as the eyes of the deep wood. They have a smile that lets you know that they see you. And they see your importance. And they're wearing um, green robes, like, or, you know, a green cloak that would easily allow them to kind of fall into the uh, foliage of the forest. Simple leather armor and stuff. Nothing extraordinary, but again, Lady Eurysta seems uh, extremely relieved to see them. And she says, uh, Belfiora, I'm so happy to see you. The person that responds is like, no, 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 no. The pleasure is all mine. Luckily, all of you were here in order to do what we could not. We didn't get here in time. Yes, it's very fortunate we were here when we are. And see several other archers kind of descend from the trees, noticeably, every single one of them an elf. And he says, uh, Belfiora, as you just heard, I am the leader of the Order of the Hawk. It's a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. Let's find someplace safe. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Hashtag Grela Part 2. Thanks to the musicians and Sirenscape for making their work available. You can find links to their work in the show notes. And we'll see you soon for Hashtag Grela Part 3.